you had asked me uh, a few things, but like, what is your dream venue to perform at? Dream musician to have on your show? Uh, I don't, probably Red Rocks. I think Red Rocks, like I've never been to Red Rocks, but like everything that I've seen of it just seems to be like just a magical show. That's uh, the Colorado like cool stadium. Yeah, 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 that's one of mine too, for sure. Um, and then dream musician to have like I mean, Radiohead is Oof. and always will be my favorite band. Uh, until like I don't know, one of them does something horrible, but even then, it's still really hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, yeah, to get to like just jam out with. Radiohead, yeah, <laughs> Tom York and uh, the Greenwoods, and like, yeah, it, that would be so good. Um, I, I would, I don't even know what I would do <laughs> with Radiohead. I'd be like, uh, guys, uh, I don't know what to play. You all are so much better than I am, but uh, yeah, yeah, what's your sorry to uh, yeah. I'm gonna ask you now because yeah, it's been too long. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite Radiohead album? In Rainbows. Oh, fucking great choice. It's <laughs> such a well-produced record. Um, and I always say that, like, In Rainbows is the most Radiohead album. Like, it yeah. is the most like Radiohead, which is why it's like... Because, I mean, it has the, like, cool electronic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um 15 step has just like a drum track the entire time, but it's also in five, four. Um, and then you have like sad vibey shit, like house of cards are all I need. Uh, you have like just straight, straightforward, like rock songs, like body snatchers. And then, uh, yeah, just like everything in between nude is dope right yeah. is dope the one of the best drum fill, uh, not fills just drum uh grooves ever reckoners just yeah so all that percussion is just so good <laughs> um so i mean yeah radiohead is like i think is the best example of like an artist that i want to emulate of just like and and I kind of like try to in some senses of the word in in kind of all of them as well yeah. in that I I try to be as like fluid and expressive with my voice. I try to use electronics and I try to compose in a lot of senses as well. So, I mean, I, I'm a composer as well. And yeah. so like all of the aspects that Radiohead is with all of its members and the things that they do also kind of bleed into who I am. So, yeah, uh, they're, they're a big influence on me too. I just think the production is just like a dream of mine to get to. Um, and obviously, you know, they're using amazing studios, but also give credit to the producer. I forget his name. Nigel Godric. Yes. Just a genius. Um, yeah, like some of their, just their drums. I love how dead they are on some songs, like, um, Weird Fishes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so, like, I love a, just a good dead drum sound. It just, it's just drums, like, just so good. <laughs> I, 
I've been meaning to get like nerdy about drums. So like I, I've recently started learning to play drums. Um, I'm left-handed and I, that's why the ride is on the left. I, I compromised by just doing open-handed. Um, and like, it's, it's a whole other world. And I feel like, I don't know, as a vocalist primarily, and then I play guitar, I play bass, I play keyboard. It's still like something else. Like drums is an entirely different universe. Right. (laughs) Is this a left-handed guitar that I'm looking at? No. So I play guitar and bass right-handed. Oh, okay. Uh, So why drums left-handed? Well, because I started learning drums so recently that like, so I wasn't a full-fledged musician whenever I taught myself guitar. and Me like you, like you, I, I learned, I taught myself in high school. Um, and so I figured like, I can just like do, do things and just, yeah, this is how guitar is played. And it's just way more convenient to like right. access right-handed guitars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was thinking you might've restrung it like Hendrix. Nah. Um, it's just. The other weird part is that like it makes sense to me having the complicated stuff having in the happening in the left hand. Um yeah. And then yeah, I I am just like a rhythm guitarist. I just like strum nonsense and so I'm finger picking or like single string playing is is way harder for me. Um because my right hand is dumb. And so <laughs> right. yeah. But transferring that to drums and especially like now having like gone to school for so long and like knowing music as intimately as I do picking up the drums has been such a different experience and so like I know what it should sound like or feel like and so just my left hand rides better Mm -hmm. and so I could try and like force my right hand to like keep time but like there's shit I gotta do I gotta like if I'm going to be playing drums, I got to like reach a certain level that I have standards of now. And so keeping time better with my left hand is just how it is. And so instead of having a kit that, you know, if I get people in the studio, I have to like fucking rearrange every time. Instead, I have the right on the left. We can switch symbols. Yeah. Easily. Um, The hat's a little bit lower. Um, but yeah, I feel like that makes sense. The weird thing is that fills still happen towards the right. And mm, so you're just like, yeah, yeah I, like there's motion. certain things I have to like put under my right hand because oh, of it. That's, that's um, interesting. That's <laughs> an interesting it's, way. It's a learning process. I yeah. do tend to, um, do fills on the upbeat so that I can start on my right hand mm. and then like make my way down so yeah. that I don't have to go under. Well, that'll, I mean, that makes you a more unique drummer anyway. And, <laughs> I mean, it, it'll like, you'll have some cool fills. So, cause yeah, that's, that is an interesting way to, cause I mean, I'm just imagining doing the opposite and playing a fill the other way. And I just I feel like my arms are yeah, you, breaking you get, off like, <laughs> crossed over. Right. But the neat part is that like, yeah, having the hi-hat and the ride just like open, you don't have the 
the crossover happening that way either. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you've got it to where you can efficiently play. Yeah. I feel like, so that's important. My foot though is having a hard time. The kick? My, yeah. Yeah. My, my right foot is yeah. like not, not with it. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine playing my left. That's weird. Yeah. Hmm. But I mean, it's, you know, uh, the in the same way that I taught myself right-handed guitar, I'm sure my my foot will keep up in some regard. But at least I'm not learning the entire kit, and I'm not like fighting my body, yeah, entirely. And so this has been the compromise with yeah. with open-handed drumming. Yeah, I wish you luck. Hope your <laughs> hope your right foot cooperates, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, that seems interesting. But yeah, drums are fun. But I mean. In in a lot of regards, like I'm probably not going to be like recording my drums anytime soon. Uh, I do not have that level of confidence yeah. in my playing to be able to like start putting into things. Yeah. But it's definitely informing a lot of the way that I write, the way that I hear music. Um, and so, yeah, it's interesting, like looking at all music and all the music that I already appreciate from the lens of like, right. how do I physically do what the drummer is doing? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this might be counterproductive on learning drums, but if you, you know, had a cool beat, you could always, you could always record each uh, parts separately. Mm -hmm. And then like, cause if you wanted like a real sounding kit, like I do that sometimes just cause I like isolated things more anyway. Yeah. And I don't like a lot of bleed um, or even a room sound. And it's hard to like gate drums when there's all, all of them oh, are happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like sometimes I'll do like the kick pattern or whatever. And then, just record it like with a nice like this mic or something like the yeah. one of the nicer mics and then snare same thing and then hat same thing usually that's uh most of my uh tracks have just kick hat and snare um and yeah i'll just like i said do that separately and then put them together and it's like like you'll have to do some editing maybe but um it sounds really good so just a suggestion if yeah. if you're not super confident on just playing like the whole kit at once it's yeah. uh, it's definitely do, a good way to learn do you end up making beats that are not physically possible um when you do it that way maybe not physically possible for me <laughs> right, <laughs> like if right. the kick's like doo -doo 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 -doo, like doing a yeah, lot of yeah. cool stuff um but no, I don't, I don't like do like a cool radio head loop or something like 15 step. Um, not that that's, I don't think that's impossible to do, but I think there's like a bunch of claps going on. I do, I, I do think at a certain point they like got a second drummer just to do like all of the extra percussion. Oh, on live? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So I'll do stuff like that because I like, you know, claps and percussion um, a lot. Um but I try to, if I'm doing live drums, I try to keep it realistic. Um, and then if there's like a part where I want it to be obvious that it's not um, like supposed to be real, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'll go. I like to go crazy with it. Yeah. Like have a bunch of, I don't know, just like even like drum machine sounds over a real beat and making mm -hmm. it, making it, yeah, like kind of impossible sounding. That's, yeah. Yeah. Drums are fun. And that is something that like, I've at least always had 
conscious about like, all right, whenever you're programming a beat, like only certain things can happen in the hands. Only certain things can happen in the feet. Um, And like making it make sense to where it's like, are you able to play like three toms at the same time? Are you able to like hit the hat and the crash and the snare? Like, is is this, you know, and so like thinking about things in that way, uh, I've always been conscious of. Mm -hmm. But now it's kind of interesting because now that I have been playing the drums, I've actually been limited in the sense that I can actually do a lot more than I initially thought was possible. And so it's like, oh, no, you actually can put that there. It seems like it's too much, but that is physically possible. Yeah, like too, like you can hit the Tom like so many times and then have the kick and then even the hi-hat. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, you surprise yourself what you can do on drums. Um, uh, Shit, what was I going to say? Yeah, like that's a good point. Like I'll... uh, I'll add symbols post sometimes Mm -hmm. to a drum track. And usually when you hit a symbol, obviously it's on the one and then you go back to the hat, but I'll have tracks where I'm playing the hat and the crash is happening and it doesn't make sense, but it sounds okay to me. So, well, it's funny because with my open handed drumming, there are certain ways that I can actually like keep hitting the hat and still hit the crash because like, yeah, there's some fills that I can just like do entirely with my right hand. Yeah. And so right. I'll just like do the entire fill and the crash right. while still keeping right. time on the hat or it's, on the ride. It's possible um, <laughs> for me though. Like, yeah, I don't hit the hat with my left hand on the one and then switch. Um, so to me, it sounds like, Oh, I definitely faked it. Yeah, it's possible. And I guess it's just like, as long as there's that suspension of uh, disbelief. And right. And also, it's not like anyone is listening to music and going, what? They hit the crash and the hi-hat at the same time? That's not physically possible. Right. I expected more from this music. <laughs> Unless it's some, another musician or producer, then, they'll, then they might. And <laughs> who cares? <laughs> right. Well, uh, surprise, surprise. It's all a lie. None of this is able to be performed at once. You're listening to the best version of the best takes of the best thing. All it's all been refined. It's all been melodyne. It's all been EQ'd and compressed to death. If this is not a real performance, you're listening to the platonic ideal that is this song. Hopefully. Yeah, and that's why sometimes I'll get in my head about looping drums, even though I play the same thing. I'm like, oh, I just want it to sound real, but like no one's going to notice. It, like, I mean, if it's like a two second loop, maybe, but if it's like the verse is the same as the second verse, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Unless there's like a different fill. Um, I still want to get that little bit of human feeling. Yeah. yeah, but still, I mean, no one's going to notice. Sometimes I will copy and paste the verse drums or something um and a lot of people even with choruses um like vocally Mm -hmm. they will copy and paste i'm sure like most pop songs are that way um and obviously they'll have like a harmony on the last chorus or something um that they add and so it sounds different um yeah i don't like i don't know why what the point of doing 
unless you want humanity, uh, but like for a pop song, no one's going to notice really. Um, if it's like, Oh, that's literally the exact same. And that's the point. They want it to be the same. So sometimes that's, it's not a bad thing, but it just depends. Right. And an interesting thing is that like, depending on what you're making, sometimes it's kind of what you said that like, this is 50% what I want and 50% what you want. And it's like, if you're trying to make something more artistic or something, yeah, then maybe you will leave the humanity in there because uh, you're like following the spirit of like, oh, this is what this thing means. Um, Whereas if you're trying to make something that appeals to everyone, like this is a product and like the product has to be like as pristine as possible so that, yeah, you're, you're getting the best product. Um, And I mean, there's yeah there's some instances where i have a hard time sort of like ah darn like i want this to feel human but it's like this is a product Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah like yeah it's it needs to be marketed and at the same time like um i feel like i'm marketing towards myself sometimes because i mean the music i listen to is still pretty poppy sometimes so um it's it just depends um but yeah, it is a product at the end of the day. Um, and I, I'll never make decisions where I'm like, oh, people are going to hate that. Or, I mean, sometimes they might. Or, <laughs> But I'm never like, oh, I should loop this drum instead of have it real because people won't like that. People aren't going to notice. You know what I mean? I think it's just like the broad spectrum of it. But yeah, like keeping it like more human, I think. And even if like you were like, I don't even want to edit the drums and have them a little bit off like that's a decision you can make for yourself mm. for me i'd be like i don't want people to think i'm off beat so i'm gonna add yeah. the shit out of it so yeah yeah it's it's definitely uh that's where the product comes in sure but the other part is that like depending how many layers deep in you are so like yeah if <laughs> if you don't loop the drums and like play the take all the way through but you still do like beat detect and like shift everything to be in time it's like you did the spirit of the thing while also still like you know naturally there's going to be just different resonances that happen in the thing but also you've refined it a little bit more um and you're still following the spirit of like oh this is still human song yeah 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 for sure um, but like it does actually, I feel like you kind of can tell, maybe not like precisely as to like what it specifically right. is, but you can tell whenever it's like, I don't know, sometimes it does feel more poppy if the choruses are like literally directly copy pasted. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this feels if it feels good, it feels like this pop thing right. because it's doing this thing intentionally and like, yeah, pop is a product. Mm -hmm. And like the more you lean into that, the more it actually feels like itself. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Very true. Uh, shout out beat detect or beat detective. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was such a good drum editing thing. I don't have access to my pro tools for some reason. My eye locks like not cooperating, but Ableton, I don't do music in pro tools anymore. I just use Ableton. Yeah. I love Ableton. Me too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was the first DAW I actually like used. 
Is uh, your first love. Yes. Yes. And so Same. It, the first. Well, even before like GarageBand or. Yeah. Well, this is a PC. I've always been a PC uh, user. And so, yeah, I never really used GarageBand. I guess you could say that like Audacity had of like I used it for a thing. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, uh, the light version of Ableton came with an interface and that was the that was it yeah and i was using the light version of ableton for like five years until i like got the full version and then once i did i was like oh i i have too much power now i have too much power (laughs) yeah i uh for me GarageBand was mine just because it was on my mac and didn't have like money or didn't know how to get like the light version of ableton and i didn't know what i was doing so i was like okay this is the free thing and it's hot garbage uh, garage band um it's it still works garbage Um, band garbage (laughs) band exactly and um yeah i i didn't start doing it music seriously until i got ableton which was a cracked version that i got from someone at acm um sorry ableton i I have a legal ableton now so um but um yeah it's i love ableton so it's just so much fun to work in yeah no i mean uh that's the thing it's like if you're paying for products that you like don't like and don't want to use then like why why do that so yeah you you could get a cracked version as a trial and then (laughs) yeah there's definitely other products which i have done trials of (laughs) trials that i absolutely fucking hate so yeah yeah but I mean, that's more in like engraving world. Uh, every time I would open Finale, uh, which is like a music notation, uh, at some point while using Finale, I would say out loud, even if no one was in the room, I hate Finale. <laughs> <laughs> even if no one's in the room. Yeah. Um, I'm not familiar with that, but noted. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, there like isn't a good music notation software. So any anyone that has ever been like at that level of like music composition knows that like music notation, music engraving, as it's called, like is just the worst. Yeah, it's it's not intuitive. And so generally I just make MIDI in Ableton, export the MIDI files, and then finagle the import options into whatever notation software to make it hopefully make sense. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's how I got through my masters. (laughs) Hell yeah. Good for you. Fuck yeah. Um, What is a, like a thing that you've been into that you are trying to apply in your music production now? Oh, sorry, listeners, that this has just become like a producer cast, but like we got two producers in the room and that's what's happening. Yeah, I, I'm I'm here for it. I don't care about listeners right now. Um, sorry, guys. Um, a thing that I've been trying to incorporate. Um, I every time I do something like outside of the box, which like for people who don't know, is like just using stuff that's not on the computer um so like pedals i love and then um as much as like people might hate on it i just i have this uh, quarter inch reel to reel and like running drums through that 
just makes them sound so good. And like, if you're going for a seventies vibe, I feel like it just really like squashes them in such a good way. Um, that being said, the way I do it is probably not the most efficient way. Cause I can't figure out like how to just do it in real time. Like I'll have to record it and then bounce it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, that being said, like running things through tape is fun. Um, it, it just gives it I, like, I don't mind hiss or anything. I'm not even going to claim it sounds better. I just like how it sounds. Um, so yeah, I just doing things outside of your computer can be so refreshing. Um, that, that being said, I don't do it a lot cause it's work. <laughs> um, but I just love running things through pedals or like guitar pedals, um, and amps, um, tape, uh, so I'd love to do that more because it just, I don't know, just even, even if it's like a placebo effect, it really, I just enjoy it. So I think that's all that really matters. Um, but what about you? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I'm looking at a lot of the bands that I'm influenced now, influenced by now. And it's funny because I'm working on an album but like all of the stuff has been written for a long time. And so I know like where these things need to be, mm-hmm. but like all the experimental shit is like still being thrown at me. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to like do any of that necessarily to any of the stuff on this album, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure it like a lot of this stuff. So mm-hmm. um, some of the stuff that I've been doing kind of outside of the album, the singer songwriter thing is a little bit more of what I'm influenced by, which is just like, I'm enjoying harsh noise. I'm enjoying, uh, kind of like over composing certain things. Mm-hmm. So like, um, Sunlux and clipping are two of my favorite things right now. Um, and clipping is two harsh noise producers and okay. rapper. Oh, um, cool. And so it's, it kind of turns hip hop on its head. Um, wow. All right. But you know, a harsh noise. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I'll have to check them out. That's cool. Um, so a piece that I've only gotten to perform once, but I will probably end up doing some more. It's just this like 20 minute long, like poem recitation. Um, and I'm using like a lot of distortion uh, feedback, but like inside the box um, and also just like monitor feedback. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, yeah, you can route ascend to ascend uh, and just get internal feedback. And then uh, that's the sound. I, I usually do uh, a distortion send and a, or a return, I guess in, in Ableton, uh, a distortion return and a reverb return, yeah. uh, and just put limiters on both of them and then just route them to themselves. And you can like, just turn it up and down and they like yeah. do really, uh, interesting things. And then you can just put like a random EQ band and just like move it around and where the feedback goes like, as you, yeah adjust it just does like really cool stuff to the sound and so you can you can get like the really like hissy stuff on the high end or you can get like the screechy stuff and like the mid highs and stuff and so like you can really just make feedback 
sound yeah, and it's like your feedback sound yeah, too yeah. that's so interesting <laughs> uh i would be afraid to like blow my ears out <laughs> just messing with that put limiters on it um yeah true <laughs> uh but yeah i mean do do be careful with it um i i have like two positions on my like monitoring stage where i'm like if i have it turned this way this is like master level if i have it turned this way this is mix level and so um if I'm messing with feedback, I have it at master level. Okay. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Turned out a little that bit was, quieter. That would, that would, yeah. Knowing me, I would like fucking, yeah, just like blow my ears out on the monitors yeah. or something. Um, yeah, limiters are a great way to do that. <laughs> Listener discretion advised. Right, put limiters right. on things. Um, and then a trick that I've been even just like starting to apply a little bit. Um, I actually got this from Michael Trapagne, who, um, he was telling me he just discovered like just the magic of saturation mm -hmm. and just instead of compression, you can just saturate things, yeah. um, to make them loud right. and it just does something else. He was telling me that like a friend of his was getting mixes at like minus five LUFS. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know everything about that, but that sounds loud. <laughs> so like, um, I mean, Spotify recommends loudness to be at like minus 12. Sure. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's also like my day job is editing podcasts or one of the things I do. And so, uh, I think about loudness levels all the time all the time <laughs> yeah but yeah saturation um does he was he saying like he kind of only does that now or like he's just like applying it to stuff i don't know if he's like full-on like not using compression anymore but like yeah it is an interesting thing and even just i mean one a lot of times i just like throw the like saturator the like ableton stock like saturator on stuff and just like the soft sign part is just like ah everything just like comes up a little bit but it's just like nicer right uh, saturation i think i think it's like a i don't want to say it's a newer thing but it's definitely more popular mm -hmm. like everything just sounds like kind of like uh i don't know like when i hear uh drums now like the kick will just sound like distorted like and you yeah. can tell it's there's just like a saturation something mm -hmm. on the drum bus and it's like i like that um yeah, yeah. i think we just like just like squished distorted <laughs> things um but i yeah i love saturation yeah. uh, and then just like full-on wave shaping so yeah. you can you yeah. can mangle stuff and so like uh yeah the saturator uh effect does have its own wave shaper or you can use like trash two or something right trash two has, yeah it has, has cool. some good saturation I, i'll put some sound toys saturation on the master mm -hmm. sometimes and just turn the wetness or Decapitator changes the tone a lot mm -hmm. and on like unless you bring the mix knob down, um, which is cool. Like I really like the E mode on mm -hmm. Decapitator. It just brightens things up maybe too much sometimes. Um, but Radiator actually mm -hmm. is a really good subtle one in my opinion. And I just, yeah, I'll throw that on the master sometimes and just like put it at 5%. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll tell, I 
send all my masters to Kevin lively and I'll just be like, Hey, like, is it okay if I put some saturation on? He's like, that's fine. Cause I feel like an idiot sometimes cause he could probably do it way better than me, but I just like how it sounds. So, um, I guess that's all that really matters. Um, yeah. Uh, saturation is very, I use it a lot <laughs> and tape. I mean, like running things through tape is saturation. Running things through yeah, an, yeah. an analog, analog or any guitar pedal can saturate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, everything just kind of melds together nicely. Yeah, Sh- yeah. Shout out Trapanier for using saturators. <laughs> we we love it. Yeah, saturation, wave shaping. I I'm not like an outboard gear person. Like as you can see in here, there is no like <laughs> pedals to be found. Yeah. I have, I have my boss RC 300 just like perched next to like the, the couch here. With some dust on it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's just because like MIDI to me is just so much more powerful, but like, I don't know. I think I remember in like one of the first classes at ACM, Trapanye was like, Oh, we're all here. Cause we're control freaks. And like, that's just like stuck with me forever. And it's like, yeah, I've, I've been given the power of MIDI and I have too much control. (laughs) So like this, this pedal here is a MIDI controller. Uh, and so it's just 12 foot switches and an expression pedal. I can hook up an additional expression pedal and be able to just like manipulate Ableton however I want. That's awesome. I need to do that more. Yeah. I, I run backing tracks at my shows and there's probably so many i just use it in like the regular way like just routing like bass through uh the output of uh the interface and then stuff like that but it just feels so easy in ableton um but i'd love to get into like midi video shit somehow um that sounds really fun at that point especially with video um you might want to have just a separate machine to do it. <laughs> Different Ableton. <laughs> it is, yeah, probably. It is so like CPU intensive. I, I can see that. that yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and if I don't know if like GPU and CPU are like running on entirely separate things, but like right. either way, it's still just like so it's a CPU nightmare. Hog. Yeah. 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 I can see that probably. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Ableton's, yeah, great for all things MIDI, of course. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess we can jump into one of the other things that, uh, but I, I guess we can, I'll try and segue into it here. Uh, <laughs> something that I've been trying to do uh, in the process of finishing this album is I've been waking up at 5 a.m. and working on it until like actual work hours start. Wow. Um, and it's been like good. I've been making a lot of progress and that's really nice, but also like sleep uh, <laughs> is a, a priority. So like this week has been rough. There was, I mean, like things happening over the weekend into like Monday being a holiday. And so like my wife didn't work. And so like my day was different. So it was like, I just haven't worked on the album this week. And so, uh, burnout is the thing that I'm like transitioning towards. Uh, (laughs) Fucking burnout. Do you, I guess, do you feel burned out? How do you unburn out? (laughs) How do you unburn out? Yeah. I, I felt that recently. Um, 
And I think just like after a show, you're just exhausted. And, you know, um, the time to actually do things is after a show and just like keep network, uh, networking or working and get your next song done. Um, but like I'm editing a music video right now. And I fucking hate music videos. Um, <laughs> one, because I don't think people watch them uh, as much as they used to just because of attention spans uh, lowering and all that. TikTok uh, being a thing. Um, so I'm just burned out about that. Just like finishing this video. I'm like, I feel like only so many people are going to watch this, which is great. And like, that's worth it. But it's just like, um, I don't know if I ever want to do a music video again. Cause I don't know. I just don't, I don't watch music videos like that much. I think the last music video I watched was Kendrick Lamar's video and was amazing. Um, and it's hard to compete with that production level and that notoriety, you know? Um, but yeah, burnout, man. Um, I'm just burned out about that. And, um, like, I'm just like, I want my personal life to also happen. <laughs> I need a job, <laughs> you know? Um, so getting out of burnout, I think for me, like what helps is just taking like a few days and just doing nothing, hanging out with your loved ones or I don't know what, like, so you haven't worked on it. No, I keep hitting this. Sorry. Uh, you, you, um, you said you haven't worked on the album at all this, this week. week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that helped you like, recover from some burnout or like yeah, it made I mean, it worse it it has allowed some distance between myself and the project um but it's kind of interesting also because uh Campbell Young shout out Campbell Young uh was like he sent me a bass track last week and was like oh I might do some keys and uh <laughs> I I just kind of floated the idea. I was like, oh, I might have uh Jared do some harmonies on this song. Uh Jared Lee Kites. Uh shout out Lunar Laugh. Uh <laughs> and Campbell goes, Do you want these harmonies like as stems or do you want it as just like a stereo? And I'm like, harmonies? He's like, Oh yeah, Jared already did them. I'm like, oh, come on. Uh, and so I don't know, like having a little bit of distance, but then also like having stuff happen anyways, yeah. just like makes me excited Ooh. as well. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if the, if it's like a practical solution, but like, you know, find ways to like collaborate with other people mm -hmm. so that you're not the only one working on this thing. Um and, you know, especially as a solo artist, it does get like daunting just because, um, I mean, the album I'm working on has like 12 tracks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot uh, too. And so it's like, it's hard not to be just like everywhere or, you know, find one thing to focus on, on a thing or like, all right, I think I did everything I can on this one. Let me move on to the next one. Um, and again, producers are control freaks. And so it's like, what else can I add to, di to this? Does this need any more? And it's like, oh, if I throw in another thing, will it be too much? And it's like, all right, now I got to take stuff away. And it's just like, that's just, a fast like, way to burn out right there. <laughs> yeah, just like get stuff out of your brain 
And even if it's just like getting someone in the room and being like, what do you think? <laughs> right. Um, that can kind of like reshape the way that I'm looking at a certain song. And I mean, it is always kind of hard to, I don't know, I'm self-conscious about it, but also it's just like, you show someone something. It's like, what do you think? How was it? Uh, or like after a show, you know, like, <laughs> how was it? How was the show? Can't, can't wait to hear the final version. And you're like, this is the final version. <laughs> you're like, God damn it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel that. I feel that especially with collaboration um, because when you're just doing things on your own, you have to be your boss and you have to tell yourself deadlines and all that. Mm-hmm. And you are the one motivating yourself, you know, like it's my roommate, uh, late night messages, um, who we released a couple of songs. Um, it's so much easier cause you're both like, you kind of like check yourselves, each other, you know, you're like, all right, we gotta do this on this week or this and this, or like, when do you want to have it finished? You know, like sometimes we don't ask ourselves, like, when do we want it finished? We're just like, yeah, I'm just gonna, whenever it feels ready, you know, mm-hmm. like when you're collaborating, it's way different. And, um, there's definitely a push, more of a push to yeah. be productive. So I, yeah, collaborating is very important. Right. And, and that's an instance where having like more limitations is good because yeah, if you are able to play every instrument yourself and like you have some sort of studio setup, then you can do everything yourself. And just because you can does not mean that it is the best thing for it. That you should. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, you're in this room. I basically live in this room. um, And it's hard to just like, you know, sit here all day and stare at these screens all the time and then go into like, all right, now music mode. And it's like, this is the same place and I have access to all of the same things. And it's like, I, I have full control over everything. Uh, and maybe I shouldn't. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So you're saying like, this is like where you work all day. And then when you're like deciding, yeah, that would be tough. Uh, cause you're like, I don't know if like you get frustrated with your job or, um, you know, that would make me not want to be in here (laughs) if I'm working on art, you know? So yeah, that's, that's tough. But I mean, it's, it's also, I don't know. It, it is a nice space. I like it here. Whenever I come in here, it's, it's rewarding to like, look at my nerdy shit and like see my instruments and be like, Oh cool. I can like do stuff in here, but, uh, it's hard to, you know, zoom out sometimes and be like, you know, you can just make music in here. Uh, <laughs> um, the simple, simple things. Right. But, but yeah, uh, another thing is, yeah, just handing it to someone else, even if it's just like, what do you think? And, and maybe that'll, but like, there is something that happens that like, even if you're not done with a thing, this is something I learned from uh, Patrick Conlon. But it's just like, if you make it an intentional step of the process that you get someone else in the room just to like 
listen to the thing in progress. All of the little things that you were self-conscious about, but were like, and eh, it's fine. You are now hyper aware of because someone else is in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good exercise almost. To like, and it's like, it doesn't even like matter that they listen to it. Just the fact that someone else is in the room listening to it yeah. makes you go like, oh, fuck, there's this. Oh, fuck, there's a, oh, there's also this. And it's like, oh, wait, I'm sorry. There's this like, I need to adjust this. And so, right. uh, and they're like, what did you do? <laughs> like, it sounds good. Or, you know, they, they'll probably say something different that you weren't even thinking about most yeah, of the yeah. time. Um, that being said, I don't like to have that many people listen to it. There's only like a certain people I like feedback from um because there's like a level of trust too like do i trust this person's ears like what kind of music do they like and all that and sometimes it's good to have someone that's like on the opposite spectrum of you um and and obviously not people that are just like yes men who are like yeah it sounds awesome you know like someone who you know is gonna be honest and who knows what a good mix like who thinks a good mix is one similar to what I think a good mix is, you know? So, um, but it's definitely (laughs) my least favorite part of mixing. That is a part of mixing is having someone else give you feedback. And sometimes they say things you don't, (laughs) you wish they didn't say, and you're like, damn it. (laughs) And then you're like, all right, well, they're right. So there is, there is a hard part and like the, the balance of that. And, uh, I mean, one just like taking criticism constructively and just like being open to criticism uh is is hard whenever like if you show it to someone who like doesn't get it it is hard to not like i don't know either ignore it or like disregard like it's like oh i don't like how this is it's like no that's supposed to be that way and it's like yeah, that's a is that a, is that a good thing in my thing now? Uh, and so, yeah, having people that do like get it and see what you're going for uh, does help because yeah, the, you show it to your parents and they'll be like, I don't, I don't know if like this is a, I don't know if that's a good line. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not changing the line. That's not why I'm showing you this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the worst. Getting things like getting people to that try to have you change stuff. Like, oh, you should have the guitar part. I'm like, I like the guitar part. Why are you why are you trying to change it? <laughs> just tell me how bad it is. <laughs> like, that's fine. Just don't tell me to change it, please. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, but then people whose opinions you do trust yeah. and that you do actually like. Yeah, if you get someone in the room that's like a better guitarist than you, then it's like, oh, like you could actually apply this thing to it and might like get some of this sound out of it. It's like, ooh, thank you. I never would have known to do that or like play this lick on a different string. And it's like, whoa, what? Why? Like (laughs) completely different tone or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And and that's where that kind of collaboration is interesting. But like, still, I don't know. I always feel a little bit weird about it because it's like, obviously we're local musicians and there's no like 
millions of dollars going into this sort of thing. Right. And so, but like, you know, people that are like way up in the industry are really careful about who gets in the room. And like mm. all these people do get like credit in some way for like being involved. And so like speaking of Kanye, like getting just like, he just gets anyone and everyone in the room to like get their opinion on it. And he like listens to it as if they were anyone else. And so, yeah, that's a, a tough step of the process, but like also that, I mean, he like flies people in just to like contribute something and like he pays them for that. And so like, I'm a little bit weird about like, if I get someone in on a thing, like, do they get writer credit? Do they get like, just right. Are they just helping out? Yeah. Do they want, do they even want credit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going to Kanye, like people think he's so vain and he can be, but like, uh, I was reading about the Yeezus album and I think he was like 90% done with it, but he was just like, it needs to be so different. So he like just gave it to Rick Rubin was like, you edit it. (laughs) And he was like, I don't like, I trust you. Like just edit it. And Rick Rubin made it this really kind of stripped down, like industrial hip hop record. And it's like one of my favorite Kanye albums, probably my favorite Kanye albums. And it's just so fun to listen to. And it's 10 songs and like, usually his albums are, all over the place and i think uh just i mean uh, like that the decision that kanye had made it such a good album and like trusting someone else mm-hmm. instead of him just like taking control and be like no this is how i want it you yeah. know it he like gave it to someone else's ears rick rubin of all people you know and right, right. had such a great outcome so yeah. it can be rewarding for sure the solution is Get Rick Rubin. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Fucking Rick Rubin. Um, what's something that you've been into watching, listening to, playing if you play video games that uh, you want other people to know about? <laughs> um, uh, I don't want people to know that I play Mario Strikers and I'm really bad at it. Yeah. But uh, Mario Strikers is fun. Um, it's really hard to play against the computers there me and my roommate will play on the same team and try to win the cups or whatever the like championships and it's just so frustrating um i don't know if you're familiar with it but i played the the gamecube uh, GameCube yeah i'm the opposite i never played the original one i started playing this one um but yeah that's fun uh uh, also watching the show called the bear hulu okay um it's about this culinary chef who goes to his deceased brother recently deceased brother's restaurant mm-hmm. it's like a I don't know, it's just like a deli and um he's just trying to like because it's like really kind of a shithole and he's trying to you know, flip it around and stuff. It's really interesting. It's like actually really funny. It's marketed as a comedy, but it's it's definitely more of a drama. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's it's good. Um, You're not the first person to have told me about that. Oh, show, okay, so. cool. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. It's 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 worth the watch. They're pretty short episodes too. Um, but yeah, uh, musically, 
uh, Maggie Rogers. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Um, she is a really good artist, um, and she kind of does what I like to do. Like she writes kind of sappy love songs. Um, and yeah, the girl I'm talking to recommended her to me. So maybe I'm just a big simp <laughs> and like, nah, she's really talented though. Um, um, yeah, she's great voice and great songwriting. Um, why is romance so like glorified, I guess? This is a greater, I don't know, like philosophical question, but like the, uh, I am married. It's not like I am devoid of romance. Uh, but You're like, telling on yourself here, <laughs> Santiago. No, I'm just kidding. Does, and maybe I, it just like faded away as I've like only pursued one person. And so like the spark of like, you know, meeting someone new and like all the like, limerence is uh <laughs> not as present but like not so much even like personally but i just look at love songs and like it's funny you had mentioned like jesus is effectively <laughs> anti a, yeah. no it is a romance oh, album you think okay yeah okay. the way that it ends with oh duh yeah bound two. i was thinking like on site and stuff but yeah, yeah, yeah bound to and so like the whole arc of the album is like all of my things were solved because i met the perfect person <laughs> and and so like it's not it it's not romance that i'm like questioning that it's just like oh like why would you get with the person like i know what that's like i'm married but like it's more of just like we glorify it as this like this is the thing that will solve all my problems that's true um i think because I think for some people it's they genuinely think that um so through art um people just consume that more I guess um and it's easy to fall into that you know um even with just a regular like even outside of context of Jesus like let's just say bound to was its own song um yeah um it's just like a kind of a love song. Um, but yeah, putting it in context of that where it solves, it solved Kanye of whatever the fuck he was talking about <laughs> the other nine songs. Yeah. It's like, it's, 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 it's a good concept, but yeah, you're right. It is glorifying. I think, and I think, like I said, other love songs on their own, I think it's just, um, I think we all, want that i don't know we all like romance uh we all like the spark and stuff yeah. um so um but yeah sometimes it can be a little uh counterproductive in yourself growth mm -hmm. and stuff you know like you're trying to kind of put whoever or whatever this person is uh, on a pedestal and it's like that's gonna fix everything so yeah i can see that like being not good <laughs> you know and like being more damaging to yourself and and yeah and that's what i'm like yeah. questioning because like i'm a complete person and my wife is a complete person um and we are doing this life thing together and we help each other and like all of those different aspects but it's not like my entire world mm -hmm. 
like revolves revolves around around, or like oh everything that i have and do is going to be fixed by this person because that is a lot of pressure to put on someone yeah yeah (laughs) and uh i i gotta be careful of that because i'm a big romantic in general whether it's music or just everyday life um and yeah, I got to be careful that, uh, I got to remember I'm a musician and I'm doing this thing and, um, and, and they are also, whoever I'm talking to, they are also uh, their own person and the, you know, um, but it's easy to like get wrapped up in, you know, the romanticism of it <laughs> yeah, yeah. and, uh, it feels good, you know, and you don't, sometimes you, it can, it can be blinding. So yeah, you need to be careful and just like set boundaries for that. Um, Cause yeah, people go crazy with love sometimes and it's unhealthy. So, and I mean, it, it is nice to like put a lot of energy into something or someone outside of yourself. Yeah. Um, but like, is that about them or is it something that you want yeah. out of them are you are you filling a hole in yourself like a hole in your hearts <laughs> that, with them that, yeah which is really not fair um all the times like you know like i'm sure you and your wife you make each other better people and you guys like fill that void that you might have and but that's not a bad thing you know like but it's to the point if you were like I can't live without this person. Mm-hmm. Like that's a romantic thing to say, but it's also like you need to be able to, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you need to be able to live on, you know? Um, and I'm not saying it's easy. It would be easy to do that at all. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. You just make things better for yeah. each other. Not like the only thing. Yes. Like, and, and that's cool, right? Like it's, it is, nice to like wow this new person in my life uh kind of what you said like introduced me to this thing and now i have like a whole other perspective in my life and that's really cool and i enjoy spending time with them and that's really cool but like uh there's yeah we make it unhealthy by putting all of this on, on to another person them. yeah um so like is so i guess yeah strangely going back to jesus which like <laughs> i guess to to those of you listeners who haven't like discovered, discovered that, that that is the actual arc of the album like yeah. the jesus character in the album like he thinks he's a god and he like has all this power and then the world keeps telling him that he doesn't um and so like he keeps reverting back to his like shitty ways until the very end of the album where it's like oh finally i can like fulfill my like duty as a person now that i have this person now that i have kim kardashian (laughs) yeah uh but like Nah, man, the power was in you the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Nah, bro. Uh, yeah. And like, it's cool that like someone was able to help bring that out of you. But like, that was still you. 
it wasn't like some faded thing that like this thing needed to happen. Like you were helped by this person. Uh, and that's nice. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. The power was within you, Kanye. <laughs> and you just needed to realize it. Yeah. Um, it's true. Like, I don't know. We, I don't know. It just, it's just, it's like, it's almost like pop, you know, like mm -hmm. it's literally the, like probably the only song on there that's like a pop song, you know, cause the hook has these great, you know, soulful vocals and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also a love song, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's just, it's packaged and marketed as like what people like to see, you know, I guess it just makes us, I don't know, it just gives us hope for like, oh, I want that, you know, yeah. I want what Kanye West and Kim Kardashian have yeah. unrealistic, but you know, uh, you especially don't want it now. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, too soon. I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, I think people, you know, especially like celebrity as Kanye, big as Kanye like that, you know, people really glorify that especially celebrity relationships and i think maybe that's where we get it from we like see that on tv and whatever and we're like oh like that's what we need to be but you know those people are miserable obviously like the divorce between them ended terribly <laughs> um and yeah so i think we just glorify that and um like what adults do is like come like they have a down-to-earth healthy relationship Right. And I'm not saying like, don't write love songs because I yeah. totally have love songs. Uh, <laughs> um, but like, you know, uh, every breath you take is not a love song. Um, no, like it's literally not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, isn't it like a, just a song about this soccer? No, he, he was talking about, um, 1984. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's like, way deeper than I thought it was. Yeah. I knew, every I knew you take what, every step you take, I'll be watching you. Uh, it's like, yeah, literally I'll be watching uh, you. Okay. So it's like, I didn't know it was that. I knew it wasn't a love song inherently. I didn't know it was about 1984. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. Or at least, you know, he was reading 1984. Literally. Like it was 1984. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> literally 1984. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. We as a culture got like, sucked into uh this hole of like a person is going to like magically fix me um and it seems like that's one of the big contributing factors to like incels and school shooters is oh, that shit. like they feel entitled to like another person's body that they owe them like their sexuality or something right. it's like oh like why won't you give me this i i mean i'd even argue though that incels don't want romance or like the affection of a woman they <laughs> like maybe they didn't get that growing up or something but I, yeah i think like you said they're entitled to someone's sexuality and like body like i i think it's it's even more shallow than just like blind love like they yeah it's just it's but like everything in our culture sort of tells us that like this is the most valuable thing like other than money uh like 
you find someone to love and that will like, yeah, you will be happy then. And so like we have, you know, generations of people raised on this idea. Uh, and so when they don't get love, they think they are not happy. Right. <laughs> and I uh, think that they're not valuable. Right. Um, yeah. I think that, I think that my, I'm, not going to speak for the whole fucking world, but I think <laughs> the the West specifically in America more specifically is just so hypersexualized too. Um, that, you know, uh, incels get in their head that they like, Oh, everyone else is having sex. I am not. So I am like demanding it. Like yes. sort of like, yes. like that's my mindset is like women or whoever owes me sex. Um, and just shit like, like only fans, like I support sex workers, but like using your body as a commodity is not like, that's not normal. <laughs> In my opinion, like, uh, again, like I support the sex workers. I don't really support sex work because it's really dangerous. You know what I mean? Um, so uh i'll engage with this <laughs> okay um we live in a society <laughs> literally we're turning into the joker uh, in that like everyone's dealt a hand of cards right and the world tells us you must produce value mm-hmm. or die exactly um some people were dealt a card that is pretty or large breasts or just like a good face. Um, And if you're looking at your hand of cards and you don't have a lot of other things that give you income in order to survive in the world, you're going to use some of those cards. Absolutely. Um, And so... As long as people will pay money for sex or sexual interaction or just like the appeal of it, then people will make money off of it. Yeah, definitely. And again, like I said, I support sex workers and I'm not saying like sex is wrong and that they are bad people. I just think the industry they're in is predatory and unsafe. Um, and um, I think like, it's just on another level now. It's like, and it's just, it's so ironic to me. The CEO of OnlyFans is this white man (laughs) who's making millions off of all these sex workers. And that's wrong. One, two, um, it's just, it's successful because so many people in our generation have to resort to that. You know what I mean? I don't, some, you know, some people enjoy it, uh, doing OnlyFans and stuff. Um, and that's fine. Of course. Um, it's just, would you like how many people would still do OnlyFans if they were like given something like, uh, a, a, a choice where they didn't have to resort to that because yeah, cool. uh, some people don't want to show off their body, but they're like, well, I have it. I got the cards dealt to me. Um, 
I'm not able to get the job I want because sexism mm-hmm. <laughs> and this yeah. and uh, people right. people treat me like an object. So I guess I'll do the thing that society is like wanting me to do, you know, and that's fucked up. Yeah. Um, right. And so we need to question these systems and institutions and culture that make it to where a person cannot live at all. <laughs> like, yeah. and yeah. we live in a system that says, if you do not produce value, you die. Yeah. Um, and we can, we can restructure those values. Um, and we can also question the foundation that says, do you have to produce value in order to be valuable? <laughs> yeah it's just it's just really normalized is what i'm saying like we're, yeah. at, we're at a point where it's literally like we're subscribing to like sp- uh, someone down the streets like pornography basically you know what i mean and like i don't know like that doesn't seem normal you know what i mean like and i'm not saying again i'm not saying it's wrong i'm just saying it's like we got to a point where now we're commodifying literally like I could probably name five of my friends who do OnlyFans or five people I know who do OnlyFans. And it's like, that's so fucking weird to me. Like, I would, like that it's gotten to this point that I we have argue. no fucking money. I would argue based on even just like my own values personally, that what I am doing as far as like making music and putting my soul into a recording uh, is like, worse (laughs) because it's like it's not just like my body like i have that regardless of if i intend to extract value from it or not but it's like i'm actually putting myself my being into a thing and then trying to sell that Mm -hmm. i think personally with my own values that's kind of worse i'm selling the deepest part of myself for money and that's weird uh (laughs) but the question is are you wanting to you know what i mean like a lot of these women don't want to be doing this but and uh, there are men do only fans yes um for sure and i'm sure there's some men that feel objectified and creeped out by some people who request stuff you know like it's not just like Oh, I post these things and then I leave it. Like there's people interacting with these women. There's people who know these women and it can be unsafe. Like, cause, cause of the culture and men are just fucking inherently creepy. Like, yeah, there's, there's definitely like the, the like escalation that happens as well. It's like, Oh, you'll get more money if you do this. And it's like, I don't necessarily want to do that, but like, that's a nice paycheck. Yeah. If we release songs, we're not going to have like, we'll probably want some attention, mm-hmm. you know, like, like that. Like if, I don't know if I get off stage and, um, I have no game by the way, but if a girl comes up to me and it's like interested in me, you know, like I'm not creeped out, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, Oh, she really enjoyed the show. Like, and stuff like that. Um, and like, I, I'm flattered, but like if it's a woman and like she does OnlyFans and let's say she's at her job, her uh, like day job, she can get fired for having OnlyFans too. Um, so there's just so many like yeah, yeah. sides yeah. to where like a lot of people look down on sex work. A lot of people um, just use sex work to uh, 
the consumer's advantage. Like men, like, will be like, oh, I know this girl and I know she does porn. So I'm going to stalk her and be shitty. So it's just, it's just dangerous. Like, and like I said, I think we're just like a, like overly sexual nation to the point where we literally can have anyone sign up to do that. And, um, because it makes money because sex sells and it's, um, it's not safe. I, I, in my opinion, in closing, <clears throat> testosterone is a curse. Let's like, let's just like turn it down a little bit. And just like, yes, for sure. Cause <laughs> just like, if I could unhorny just a bit more, I'm horny a bit my more. life would be like so much more productive. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Sorry. And thank you for going down that rabbit hole with me. No, I, I love it. Um, yeah. Um, Horniness. It's a disease. Yeah. Thank you for doing this with me. Yes. I'm Santiago Ramones. I'm Rat Fink. Thank you. Where can people find you and your things? Um, uh, my main social media, Instagram, Rat Fink X, all one word. Um, Spotify, Rat Fink with an exclamation point instead of I. 405 Fest, July 23rd. I'll be playing there. Um, it's going to be a fun time. So, yeah, come on out. Sweet. Uh, what song is about to play at the end of this? Uh, we got Slippy.
think she wants to blow out my brains out oh, oh, oh. And no She wants to blow out my brains out She wants to blow out my brains oh, oh, oh. And no She wants to blow out my brains You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music and produce audio. The music you're hearing now is music I made. You can listen to official releases by Santiago Ramones on Spotify, Apple Music, and the other streaming places. Or you can support me directly by buying my music on Bandcamp. I'm working on Hypothetical, my first singer-songwriter album. So if you'd like to hear that at some point, there are lots of ways to support me on my website. There's a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. All the links to all my things are on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It would mean a lot to me to hear what you have to say, and it lets others know what to expect, better than I could ever explain. I want to help the world have deeper conversations, so thank you for listening to and supporting BitDepth. I was in the podcast with my three things. They shaped my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. My heart broke out